This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A warning, this episode contains explicit language. For decades, it's been a cliché to kill off the sole Black character first in horror movies. But the very funny new spoof, The Blackening, turns that hackneyed trope on its head by asking, what happens when all the main characters are Black? The movie is about a group of college friends who reunite for a weekend at a house in the woods, only to find themselves dodging a crossbow-wielding maniac. It's silly, smart, and even a little bit deep. I'm Aisha Harris, and today we're talking about The Blackening on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NPR today to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from NPR sponsor Carvana. Shop for your next car the convenient way, 100% online with Carvana. Getting pre-qualified takes less than two minutes. Then see your real terms as you shop. Visit Carvana to finance your dream car the convenient way. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Joining me today is the host of Weekend Edition Sunday, Aisha Roscoe. My fellow Aisha, hello. Hi, glad to be here. Great to have you here. And also with us is one of the co-hosts of the podcast, Fanti, journalist, writer, and producer, Jarrett Hill. You can be an honorary Aisha if you'd like, Jarrett. I was going to say, do I get to be (laughs) an honorary Aisha? I have to figure out how I would spell mine since y'all two are different. My best friend's name is also Jarrett. So like, it's a weird thing happening here to have to figure out another spelling here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's great to have have you here as well. So in The Blackening, an eclectic bunch of old college friends head to a house in the woods for the Juneteenth holiday weekend. There's exes Lisa and Namdi, played by Antoinette Robertson and Cinqua Walls. They broke up because Namdi was trash, but they're now secretly hooking up again to the annoyance of Lisa's best friend and confidant, Dwayne, played by Dwayne Perkins. Grace Byers plays Allison, the biracial friend of the group who seems to have white daddy issues. Ex Mayo plays Shanika, the flamboyant lush. And Melvin Gregg plays King, who has a shady past but claims to have settled down comfortably into buppy life. And then there's Clifton, played by Jermaine Fowler. He's the outcast, this nerdy, socially awkward Trumper who no one really remembers from college. Like, why is he here? We don't know. (laughs) Unfortunately, they only get maybe one game of spades in before they encounter a creepy masked figure on an old black and white TV, as well as a trivia game called The Blackening, which features a Sambo mascot as its centerpiece. The figure warns them that if they don't play the game, their other friend Morgan, who's being held hostage, will die. Morgan is played by Yvonne Orji. 
They spend the night fighting for their lives while reevaluating their friendships and blackness in the process. The movie was inspired by a viral sketch created by Dwayne Perkins' comedy improv group Three Pete. Perkins penned the screenplay with Tracy Oliver, the co-writer of Girls Trip, and Tim Story directed. So, Jared, I want to start with you uh, first with sort of a general question of like when it comes to spoofs and parodies, like what are you generally looking for? And did the blackening meet your expectations in this genre? I would give this movie the award for the best job of giving me exactly what I expected and came for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This movie to me, like I came in wanting to laugh. I wanted to jump a little bit. I wanted to not be scared, scared, but, you know, have a little bit of a of a moment. Right. I wanted to have an open mouth Mm -hmm. cackle every few minutes. I wanted to see these black people doing black stuff. And I got exactly what I signed up for. Now, mind you. We could always have a note or two, right? (laughs) But like overall, this movie gave me exactly what I showed up for. It gave me exactly what that trailer made me think I was going to go for. Mm -hmm. Because we all have been to a movie where we saw the trailer and we're like, well, I guess I didn't really need to see this movie because the trailer had all the good stuff in it. That was not the case for me with this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a concern of mine, too, because I I thought the trailer was really, really funny. But yeah, there's a lot more going on here, a lot more substance than I expected, perhaps. But yeah, I agree with you. It gave us lots of laughs, I think. So, Aisha, I know you are a big horror (laughs) person. Yeah. Did this satisfy your, if not your horror itch, your horror comedy (laughs) itch? (laughs) I knew it was going to be a comedy, but I didn't know whether it was going to be like over the top, like scary movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one, so this one had a little, a lot more substance than I was expecting, right? Because yeah. it's a lot more, and it's not like a gross out humor, which I don't always love anyway. It's a lot more like the writing and the jokes and punchlines than just, you know, people doing weird, outrageous things. So I will say, I like the movie. It did make me laugh a lot. I do wonder if it was a little bit long. And it's not a long movie. Mm. So I don't know what, (laughs) it's an hour and 30 minutes. That's why I'm saying, did it need to be a movie? I don't think it should have just stayed a sketch. Mm -hmm. I almost think it would have been a perfect like one hour show episode. Mm. That's where I'm at. Like mm. in some, I don't know what the show would be. Like an anthology kind of show? Yeah. yeah. Or like how Atlanta would just throw random stuff in there. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? Without the main, gotcha. main characters. Like that. <laughs> yes, like yeah. A black mirror. Yes. Yeah. That would have been <laughs> Chef's Kiss. Mm. But it was a really good movie. Interesting. I actually felt it was like perfectly timed. I think, yes, there were moments that could have been trimmed, but overall I think it worked for me. But I do think it's interesting because this was originally a sketch. Also, the scary movie comparison is like immediately what came to mind for me because there haven't been too many big horror movies, like in terms of hound by black people, starring black people, you know, scary movie is kind of the the urtex, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. the blueprint. And this is not that. Mm-mm. There are definitely some similarities. You know, they both reference Scream 2 and Jada Pinkett Smith is killed before the credits <laughs> even roll. So, yeah. so like, yes, there's that. But this is like the sort of urbane Hillman grad cousin to... Absolutely. It's a lot more sophisticated. Yeah, to yeah. like the middle schooler. 
keyword. There aren't like fart jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. I love the opening scene with Jay Farrow and Yvonne Orji. And like, I I remember thinking to myself, this must have been a lot of fun for them mm-hmm. to do, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they've played all kinds of different things. And like, she gets to scream and throw yeah. her hair around <laughs> and be dry, like doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like mm-hmm. how often do you get an opportunity to do that? And like, <laughs> and it was like a real gig, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't something crazy, yeah. right? I remember watching it thinking like, oh, this looks like it was a lot of fun to be a part of. And that's something really, really great. Yeah, that opening scene, we should note, is, you know, Jay Farrow and Yvonne Orji play the couple that gets there first before everyone else does. I don't think it's a spoiler to say, like, <laughs> bad things happen. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I loved that because, like, they are probably the most famous people in the movie. Yeah, famous outside yeah. of Black famous, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like people have watched Insecure, people watched SNL, so they know Jay Farrow and they know Yvonne Orji. And I thought it was really funny how they use actually Scream 2 as sort of a meta commentary on them being in the beginning of the film. But can I, <laughs> can I say that I didn't like the pause? I don't like when movies do that. When they pause and say, this is a joke. Yeah. I hate that now. Why we gotta no, do that? No, see, that's, I, I actually wrote down that I love that self-referential moment. I feel like it's something that is difficult to get away with, right? Like, you can only do it in the right way, but, like, it was a moment that you could have easily missed if you weren't paying enough attention and, like, just giving me a little bit of a pause and then bad things happen. Like, I just thought it was, like, a really funny moment. And I was like, okay, I see y'all. Yeah. Even within this type of movie that I think can have a broad appeal, there's always going to be something that we're like a little bit like, "Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) But I have to say, I loved the trivia game. That was the best part. Question one, who is Sojourner Truth? A, an abolitionist and women's rights activist. B, an entrepreneur. Or C, Harriet Tubman. Right answer or death. So he just gonna force us to do a black mystery test. I don't understand why make us play this game if you're just gonna kill us, just kill us. And even though a lot of that is the trailer, there's so much more in there that I was not expecting, uh, including a lift every voice and sing uh, reference that I was just like, this feels so real. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Wait, but also like, I want to know about the O'Reilly Auto Parts placement there. Like that had to be a media moment that got paid for because it was too good. (laughs) It was so good. Okay. I mean, I love the math problem with the Nas and the (laughs) Nas. Nas. Okay, so the guy who plays the outcast, what's his name? Jermaine Fowler's character. He's Clifton. Clifton is so funny. Yes. I was cackling. I was like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, even if your arms are folded, you're going to laugh. From all kinds of different references in the movie, like, it's crazy to, like, think about how many different things that they hit. And, like, I think my favorite (laughs) moments were probably, like, a Set It Off reference that happened. Yes. Yes. And a Sister Act 2 reference. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sister Act 2. (laughs) So, like, there's so many, like, reference moments. I was like, I I started writing down and then I wrote so many film references and just, like, wrote down the ones that I liked. But, like, (laughs) there's moments in here that are going to hit for a lot of different people. And like many different cross sections yeah. of black folks who mm-hmm. have maybe didn't didn't have exposure to certain things, but saw other things or heard things on the radio or whatever it is. Uh, I, I thought it was really great for that. Well, it's also like it, it felt very integrated into who their characters were, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes. and I think part of what makes this work beyond just being a sketch is the fact that all of these people seem believable as friends to me. 
I can, they seem to gel really well and work off of each other and constantly ragging on, you know, someone for drinking a lot mm-hmm. or another person for yeah. being biracial, like in a <laughs> playful way. But like, that's yeah. how people act. And that's how people like friends in a, in a group will, will rag each other. I also just want to give a shout out to the fact that like how smart they are in this movie about survival, unlike most horror movies. I want to play this one scene. The main characters are black, but you also have Diedrich Bader as Ranger White. And when they encounter him, it's just really interesting how they're kind of like figure out, okay, are we safer with this cop or just staying here and being like at the the mercy of this like crossbow maniac? Uh, So let's actually play a little clip from that scene. I'm one of the good ones. Oh, that does not help. They all say that. That actually makes you seem more suspicious. You can trust me. Seriously. If I got an invite to the cookout, I'd be honored, but I wouldn't go. Why the fuck not? Because I know my presence in that all-black space would be a disturbance, and undo it being an all-black space. That's a pretty good answer. So then, like, they follow him, but before they follow him, they, like, they reach back down as they're following him, and they pick up their weapons that they were holding just to be safe. (laughs) And I just love those, like, little details of, yeah, yeah, we're in a horror movie, yet we're also all black, and we also are the people who, when we're in the audience, we're like, don't do that, and we're not going to do that. So from that perspective about, like, it being smart, I am a person who works in diversity, equity, and inclusion quite a bit. And so, like, whenever I hear certain words in a script, it grates on my ears immediately, right? If I hear someone say intersectionality in a script, I'm like, okay, (laughs) Right? Like, or something like that. And so there are certain words and phrases and conversations even that that hit my ear in a way that they probably don't hit everybody else. And I remember there being a couple of different moments in here where I was like, you know what? Okay. Like, I am like, I'll allow it. Like, it worked here. And I think that the Antoinette Robertson moment when she's going after the villain and she's like, why Black women gotta always say everybody? Like, the way that it happens and the way that she said it, I was like, I'm into it. This is funny. Like, it was a really good moment. Even all of the moments that could, you know, hit differently for different people, like, they really landed for me and I was really happy about it. So when she did do that, I felt like, that one didn't hit as well for me because I was like, did we earn this? I get mm. it. Mm, I don't know. I love that question. I think that's a question worth posing. <laughs> I love that. So there's a twist and we won't get too into it because I think it's worth experiencing as a viewer. There's an extra layer of commentary in there. And I wonder how you all felt about it and whether it elevated this a little bit more. Uh, in terms of just like what it's trying to do in your eyes or maybe it didn't quite work? How are we feeling? I think it worked. I mean, look, obviously, even like a movie that's a comedy or and obviously scary movies can have a larger theme that they're trying to get at. I mean, I think that it worked because it is a conversation that happens all the time about what it means to be Black, Right. And so I think the way that they played it out and the way they did it was very smart. It wasn't too heavy handed or too like sappy or whatever. So I think it works. I also think the reference to spades um, worked Mm -hmm. for me because I have a lot of PTSD with spades. And I, you know. (laughs) So many of us do. I feel like space is too long. And I feel like we don't address that as a community, that it is way too long of a game and people are too serious and it's too much. So I like the role that Spades plays in this because I think we need to have more of a conversation and the damage that it does to people. So now I know that that's your trigger word. (laughs) 
Don't say spades around Aisha. <laughs> don't say it. I don't like competition. The spades piece is is an interesting one. When I think about spades, the conversation around spades is always so interesting because it's not an inviting game. Right. No. There's there's never really an interest in teaching somebody how to play it. Right. Mm-hmm. But like it was great because the, there also is this conversation around the ways that we police blackness and the ways that our blackness shows up. And when we think about hair and music and the way that we dress and where we're from and what shows we watched and all of these kinds of different things. But it's been something in the forefront of my mind a lot as well is like the ways that we tell people that they are and are not black enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And like the ways that that creates an idea for folks that they aren't what they're supposed to be to be who they are. There was a a moment of like kind of really addressing it and kind of like talking about that that I really appreciate it. Yeah, as someone who only recently has learned to play spades and has only learned to play enough to like not lose terribly, but I haven't gotten strategic (laughs) enough about it yet. I'm with you, Aisha. It is. (laughs) I Look, I blame my family. No one in my family played. So like I I didn't learn it. By the time I was around people who did, it was like, I don't want to force anyone to teach me. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we would all recommend The Blackening. It's fun. You should go see it. And when you do see it, let us know what you think about it. You should also let us know how you are at Spades. Maybe we can, like, meet up. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our show. Aisha Roscoe, Jarrett Hill, thanks so much for being here. This was fun, and I'm glad we all got to get our hearts out about Spades <laughs> and Blackness and all that other stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was great. And we want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. And if you haven't signed up yet, want to show your support and listen to the show without any sponsor breaks, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour or visit the link in our show notes. This episode is produced by Romel Wood and Mike Katzif and edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello, Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Aisha Harris, and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor State Farm. In the market for small business insurance, State Farm agents can help you create a personalized plan that fits your business needs and budget. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The world is changing every hour, and catching up once or twice a day might not be enough. For quick updates throughout your day, there's the NPR News Now podcast. Every hour on the hour, we bring you up to speed on the latest news from around the world in five minutes. Listen now to the NPR News Now podcast from NPR.